Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. everybody and welcome back once again to Simpsons is greater than come on I know you already knew that this is a podcast specializing in everybody's favorite nuclear family as always I'm your host Warren better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness you might just know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, make a note, go while you listen. I don't really care. Whatever you want to do, just please check it out. So this week on the show, I'm joined by Kevin from the Instagram account Fine Art Simpsons, an awesome page where he melds well-known paintings with Simpsons characters and references, and it's easily one of my favorites. So what do you say we just start the episode now so you can hear all about it? Episode 62. Let's go. I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm kind of old. I'm 35. <laughs> I'm 36. Oh, really? There you go. You could have told me 26. I would have oh, believed you, Kevin. I appreciate that. I still, Yeah, I got ID'd at the liquor store yesterday. And I was like, oh, still, <laughs> still doing it. Okay, sweet. I, I would have thought you were younger than me a thousand times over. I mean, yeah. I literally have gray in my beard. Give me a break. I got, I'm starting to get the, uh, what's his, uh, Reed Richards, uh, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm starting to get a little of that salt and pepper on the sides, which I'm very excited about. I so like that. Yeah, don't I leave mean, me alone at the liquor store. <laughs> I was weird about this at first, but I, I guess kind of fine. People tell me they like it, so maybe it's. Fine. Oh, it's coming in nice. Yeah, yeah, I like the. I like a good, you know, um, like the Jeff Goldblum, right? Where there's like just strips and pa- like it's. I think it's great. I think it's there a great. You go. One. I like and that. I I like, you're making me I feel better, Kevin. I appreciate there that. There you go. Yeah, man. I can't grow a beard <laughs> for shit either. So, <laughs> I appreciate anybody who can rock it. I, I tried briefly. My wife hates when I don't have one, so I sort of have to have one. I the first time I shaved. She had never seen me without a beard other than photos. And when we met, I had a beard, all this stuff. And this was like, you know, we've been together for 10 years. The first time I shaved, she like cried. She was yeah. like, I don't like it. <laughs> you don't it's look like, a, like you. It's weird. It's like a toddler, right? Like when they see their dad shave for the first time and they can't handle it. Yeah, it's it's fucking weird. Um, so, so we'll just sort of like roll in and maybe I'll keep some of that other stuff too. But I'll, I'll give us a little warm up. Something we can talk Great. about before we jump in too hard uh, or too hard. And are you familiar with the app Whatnot, Kevin? Whatnot? No, I'm not sure I am. Okay, so I am very new to Whatnot, and the reason I'm mentioning it, even if this doesn't make the episode, is I am very intrigued by what this app is, and I'm actually going to take a stab at using it. So what Whatnot is, and this is not a paid sponsorship, this is not like, I'm not getting paid to shout out Whatnot, but I am I like their their model, and I do want to talk about it a little bit, so Essentially, it is a live platform where you can do live auctions. So if you're someone who like, you know, if you're like me and you collect a ton of crap and you have extras of some of that that you sort of just leave sitting in storage or you don't want to let go of, you can go on there. You can set up, you can set up like a preview video, like weeks in advance, as far in advance as you want. And people can bookmark it. They can get ready for it. You can list your items ahead of time in the store. People can pre-bid on it. But people go in and you will say, okay, well, let's run this. And you in real time are like, I'll start the bid at $10. We'll run it for 40 seconds. 
And when it's done, the person who wins is automatically charged. Whatnot, like calculates the shipping. So every, if you win multiple items, every shipping price gets cheaper and cheaper and cheaper because it's going to put it all in one label. Um, and so this is something I'm sort of playing with to maybe make some extra money with stuff that otherwise I'm just leaving in storage. And I think it's pretty sick. Yeah, actually, you know what? So my memory is so terrible um, that I actually did sign up for that as a result of your link. Cause I saw, that. Yes. <laughs> I saw, I think it was a, um, oh, it was a Bartman, um, maybe a Funko or something like that. And I remember being like, yeah, that's going to be mine. So <laughs> been waiting for that. Yeah. See, I love that. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I love how I said like, oh, this is not a paid uh, sponsorship, but it's, that was like the most ad reedy ad sounding thing I've ever said on here, but it is really cool. And it's worth mentioning because if anyone is interested in it, uh, in fact, you know, this is going to stay in the episode. I'm just going to, I'm going to produce on the fly. Oh yeah. If anyone is interested, I'm going to put the link in the show notes of this because if you sign up, you get $10 and when you spend it, I get $10. And that's just a win-win for everybody, baby. So we can we can all make a little money by spending money. And uh, so you can come to my auction, literally spend money that you got for free, and then I will get your money plus more money. That's a pretty sick situation for me. It's all, it's all fun money. It's all just gravy. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Well, tell me, Kevin, the way I like to start a lot, well, not a lot, people that have listened to this show, they know I start them all this way. And... That is by asking, how are you? Like in a sincere way, you know, just everyday life, how are things? Not the world, because we know the answer to that, but how are you? I was going to say, that's a big one. That's a really big one. But uh, no, I'm good. I'm doing fantastic. I'm uh, keeping busy and, uh, you know, finding time to work on all kinds of little projects and things like that and, you know, work on, collaborate with with other Simpsons fans around the world as well. So it's fantastic to to have a chance to chat with you. And, you know, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to your questions and your your grilling. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, no, things are, things are, things are overall very good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing as well as I can, you know, like I'm a very, I always make this, uh, comment, but I'm a very empathetic person. So the world can be a little tough on me. Uh, I do get, I do get frustrated by the world very much, but I think when I realize, you know, that I have so much to be like thankful for and great friends, a great wife, I, I, I tend to sort of dial back and realize you can only control so much and, that's just sort of how it goes. Um, but I do think that that's important perspective is like, yeah, you can be upset by the things going on, but as long as you are working on, you know, as long as you're working within your own space, you're trying to control what is controllable, you know, it, it, otherwise you'll just go nuts. Absolutely. Took me decades to figure that out. And uh, you're catching me kind of just on the first wave of that where I'm like, Oh wait, maybe I don't have to be so uh, so upset all the time. Yeah, maybe <laughs> just, I don't have to beat myself up and be stressed constantly. Yeah, just find the good things, you know. And you can't. It's hard to be in a bad mood when you're wearing a tie dye shirt as well. So that's why I've been incorporating them into my wardrobe. I totally agree with that and dig the shirt. So <laughs> what I will say for anyone who's not familiar with Kevin, and I doubt you know him as Kevin, but Kevin runs a fantastic Instagram account called Fine Art Simpsons. This has to be. One of my favorite Simpsons accounts only because it is so unique. And there are a few, you know, there's some things that you'll see that are similar, some people that are sort of biting Kevin's style, but this is such a unique way to not only talk about art, but to talk about the greatest show of all time. And what I want to know, Kevin, is what inspired you to do that? I know you started like right before COVID, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I was, uh, you know, I was working at a job that I wasn't, uh, in love with. So I found some time throughout the day to, 
to make, uh, you know, I was just making any little idea that would come into my head, all kinds of mashups and uh, just funny kind of visual puns and things like that um, with no real aim to posting them anywhere, just sending them to friends. And um, so I, I think the first, uh, you know, the seed that would then turn into Fine Art Simpsons uh, that I drew or created rather was um, the Great Wave of Real Acid. So uh, we've taken Hokusai's Great Wave and uh, the goggles do nothing and kind of put them in the same scene together. And uh, so I, I showed, uh, showed a couple friends and that's, you know, typically as far as my, my ideas would go. And uh, so I, I thought, you know, well, maybe there's, maybe there's a little, uh, some space to be mined here. So I think I then came up with, you know, uh, Andy Warhol's cans, but it was uh, the nuts and gum cans. And, uh, and then the kiss, um, which I love that, that like loaded title of, um, Gustav Klimt's The Kiss, but then oh, using, yeah. uh, you know, Skinner and, uh, Mrs. Krabappel making out in the closet. And, uh, so I just had that little first kind of grouping of them. And I was showing my friends, uh, at a Simpsons trivia night. Um, and my friend Danny, who actually just messaged me because she picked up a, uh, sacrilegious, uh, lunchbox at a flea market. <laughs> Um, awesome (laughs) yeah so she she was like you know you should do an account and i was like ah no i don't know how many i don't know how far you could really push these ideas or you know how much how much there really is out there and here we are like 375 posts later and (laughs) turns out turns out you can push them pretty far there's Um, some uh some stuff out there to to parody yeah so i mean this is one of those things where i always talk on this podcast about how creative Simpsons fans are. I mean, this is like an ongoing thing with, with not just me, but you see this real, I don't even know the word. Like there's this real, like people, people are attracted to this unique vision using the Simpsons as like the base of it. So you're able to make these accounts like, you know, I'll shout out a few that I love, like criminal Simpsons, fine art Simpsons, uh, off Simpsons pupils, who is, who's just decided to hang it up. But there's yeah. so many accounts that are, you know, they're, they're finding new ways to talk about this show and, you know, link it to other stuff like art. Uh, where does that love of art come from? Or is that just something that you enjoy in addition or did it just sort of come from this? Um, yeah, I've been, um, so I went to, to school for fine arts. Uh, well, I should say I dropped out of school for fine arts, but I did, <laughs> I did go for a bit. And, um, yeah, I think my whole life I've just been interested in, uh, in kind of conveying ideas through visual, visual ways. Um, that's kind of the things that speak, uh, speak the clearest to me. And, uh, so, you know, growing up, I was always going to museums and buying art books and trying to study and learn how to, you know, learn how to draw and convey ideas. And, uh, so that's always kind of been a part. And uh, so I, I have a bit of a visual, you know, a visual backlog almost of, of all the, just the images I've seen over over the years. And then when you think of kind of the wealth of, uh, you know, the breadth of things The Simpsons has covered, you know, having those two kind of swirling masses of reference in my brain, they were bound to at one point, you know, mash up and, and connect. So I think, <laughs> uh, you know, you start to see some similarities or you, there's even in the episodes, there's you know, uh, references to paintings and things like that. So I think that's what kind of got the ball rolling. And then you start to think like, you know, the Simpsons have covered a lot of ground and a lot of themes and topics and styles and all these things where it's like, oh, well, what if, you know, what if I were to find a way to match up some of those, some of those uh, connections? And uh, so that's kind of how I, how I fuel the, the inspiration for putting together Fine Art Simpsons images. 
are you are you actually able to enjoy art anymore or is it only Simpsons? <laughs> like uh, if yes. you're looking at art, is it like, oh, this would be a good post. I gotta do this. Um, it's it's great because like going through <laughs> and looking at all of these images, you know, there's some where I'm like just looking at it, I'm like, oh my god, there's there's gotta be a way to to make this connection. And, you know, sometimes it clicks and I can find a way to do a mashup and other times it's, you know, if anything, I think it's working on this and doing like, when I say doing research, I mean, just like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through images. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's made me love art more, I would say, like, because it's not kind of coming from that more, more academic uh, background that I'm used to. And, you know, writing about galleries and finishing crises under the, you know, under the gun and things like that. Like, this is more you know, I get to enjoy art at my leisure and uh, take from it what I want rather than kind of being, you know, told what it's about. And I think that's, that's what makes me enjoy it more is because I'm finding the things that, uh, that speak to me specifically, um, you know, and that could be subject matter, that could be how something's painted. And, and I find, you know, structured art analysis, again, with some air quotes, but I think you can, <laughs> you can miss some things or you can, you know, look past some of the things that, that resonate with you just on a on like a visual level where you're just like I just love that color um you know for like uh Kandinsky I think uh, I'm not sure if he described it or if people described his use of yellow as like a trumpet blast mm. and like that's how I that's how I enjoy it where I'm just like oh look at that yellow and you know some people might be like oh this isn't this, this doesn't read as a figure or something and not <laughs> not dig it but I'm like damn that's a that's a big trumpet blast I love it yeah that see that's really cool and I think you know Obviously, art is subjective and what is art is subjective and not everybody, you know, some people look at art from a certain time period and they say, you know, why is this cool? Or they look at a certain style of art and they don't really understand it. I think for me, that is kind of why this account is so smart, because art in itself is something that you can enjoy for a wide variety of reasons. I would argue that The Simpsons is sort of the same thing where there might be a thing you love about the show. You might love the heart. You might love the absurdity. You might love all these different things. And, you know, whether that was your intention or not, I do think there's something really cool. This comes back to all the stuff I say about Simpsons fans being creative and being, you know, potentially more empathetic or um, just all these different things. This account is a perfect example of that. It's taking two things that are loved for a wide variety of reasons and making this like really nice uh, melding of them. And I think that that's just, that's part of why I, I still like the internet as easy as it is to hate the internet. Things like this coming out of it are a reason to still love it. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely try and keep it, keep it light and poke fun as well. So I, I'm definitely not too far into the trolling side of things unless, <laughs> unless you count my, uh, um, Oh, what's the, what's the piece I did? Um, Oh, why can't I remember the artist's name? Um, you got a lot of names floating around yeah, up there. It's yeah, hard to keep a, up with them. <laughs> yeah, there's some, that, there's some that are like, you know, where I'm saying, like, essentially saying, you know, when somebody goes to a gallery and they're like, oh, a kid could have done this. I'm like, but they didn't. So, but they didn't. You know, and what's it all about? What goes on behind it? And um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, it's really fun to use it to kind of, you know, you can I can use art to comment on The Simpsons. I can use The Simpsons to comment on art. I can comment on visual similarities or I could, you know. Uh, if you know kind of what's going on in the in the background of some of these paintings, you know, bringing in the Simpsons characters can help illuminate that as well. Um, and sometimes it's just, you know, completing a Simpsons joke, or sometimes it's like, hey, that looks kind of like a tube. So I'm going to stuff Homer in there and, <laughs> you know, get him airlifted out, of, get him airlifted out of the water park. Yeah, some of my favorite ones that I've seen you do are ones where, 
you know, it, the Simpsons part of it is very small. Like, you know, Bart, you know, from the episode, Bart of Darkness, nudge, mm-hmm. nudge, wink, wink. Uh, the, you know, that it's a very small part of that piece. And I think that was a really early one you posted where it's just off in the background of the yeah. image. It's sort of, you have to look for it a little bit. Um, has there ever been one that you've tried that just did not work? You're like, oh, this will be funny, and it just didn't come together. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's some that I tried and I couldn't get to work visually, and there's some that got past that, uh, you know, to the point of like a completed image where I was still just like, I don't know. Let's, but I'm going to post <laughs> it anyways. Absolutely. And uh, so yeah, there was one I did, and it was um, uh, Giorgio De Chirico, um, and it's uh, so there's a like a a marble bust and a glove and an apple. And uh, so I <laughs> put the, the colonel, <laughs> uh, I, b- I believe he's a colonel, but sort of the, the, the gentleman that Homer accidentally uh, challenges to a duel. So we have a glove, we have a slapped face all of a sudden. And then I was also, uh, because it's the tobacco episode, I was able to change that apple to a, uh, to kind of a rotted out tobacco tomato <laughs> and i think that that one was just niche enough that people were like i, I don't i don't know what the hell is going on in here <laughs> so there's sometimes where it's like i'm i'm stretching where i'm just like yeah well i get it because i'm i made it but there's, a, and there's other people that are kind of like you know this one and even visually i can't admit i was like that one was like it was a reach for sure but um, that's that's the same thing that we talk about though like art is subjective like Somebody might have thought that was the the funniest thing you ever made. So you never know. Yeah, you know, there were a couple people and and so, so some more longtime followers, which were great, that were kind of more like, oh, yeah, tobacco, like glove slap. <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's some people out there. This makes it's still good. Yeah, still it's good. Still, we're still good. It's just uh, a little obscure. It's still good. Still good. It's still good. It's still good. And that, you know, I've said this before on the show, but I always think of it when someone brings up tobacco. Um, so I don't smoke. I'm not a fan of the smell of tobacco, but I kind of think that tobacco would be delicious. I think you could make a great hot sauce out of a tobacco. And I think about that all the time. Mm, some liquid smoke. Yeah. Sort of just like a smoky. I think you could do something really, you know, sort of like a fire roasted sort of vibe. I feel like that'd be kind of cool. That is, you know what? It's interesting you bring that up because thinking about watching those ep- or that particular episode, I was never grossed out. I was never like, Oh, a tobacco, a tobacco tomato. <laughs> and you know, if you're making me really think about it right now. And I'll, yeah, it doesn't, I'd, I'd take a bite. I'd try it. I, I'm, a, I'm a little intrigued. I think you could make some cool stuff. with That sounds like a great hot sauce, a great salsa. Yeah. Maybe even a great, you know, put it in a soup. I don't know. I mean, I think there's some some implications. Uh, as long as it doesn't taste like grandma, I think we could all get it's, on board. Yes, yes. You know, it's, it's also uh, <laughs> one thing that I find very interesting is in a, in a previous episode of one of, your, one of your podcasts, you were talking about how you were like really put off and repulsed by the idea of nuts and gum. Oh, yeah. But a, a tobacco tomato is kind of like makes it onto your <laughs> radar. And I, like, that's really I, I interesting. Think, I think the textures of nuts and gum, which I mean, I guess that's mm. the joke also, yeah. but nothing sounds worse than trying to swallow like peanuts and also having gum. Like, you know, like, have you ever, and have you ever tried stay. to eat something with a piece of gum in your mouth so you didn't have to spit it out? You can just keep it in one cheek. Uh, I think nuts and gum is like the worst version of that. It just sounds like a disaster. It's like a piece. It's like a bite of a Snickers. You can't swallow. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So it's more of like a tactile, like you're going to like the choking sensation. <laughs> it just sounds awful to me. I can't do it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, everyone, you know, anyone uh, that's not following Kevin, follow Fire Simpsons. It's so great. It's like, it's, it's so fun to look at. You could scroll forever, but let's talk a little bit about your, 
personal history with the show. I want to know, yeah. like, when did you start watching the show? What did it mean to you as a kid? What's your journey like? Yeah, um, I think when I was, you know, one of my earliest um, memories, both generally and of The Simpsons, is uh, I remember I was really young. I must have been five or six. And uh, I was at swimming lessons where, where while well, the kids in Ontario go to learn how to, how to swim in a big public pool. And uh, I remember it was usually Sunday nights uh, at seven. So we'd go for our like 45 minute swim lesson and then rip home and watch The Simpsons, the new episodes on it, on at 8 p.m. in our area. And I remember I couldn't find my locker and I couldn't, I just couldn't locate it. And I remember freaking out, not because I was, you know, couldn't find my stuff, not because I couldn't. You know, because my parents were waiting, but because like the Simpsons were waiting and they were going to start without me. And I remember, <laughs> I just remember saying, I'm going to miss the Simpsons. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the instructor being like, no, nah, we'll get you out of here. Like, don't worry. So it's, it's almost as though the Simpsons have always been kind of a part of my life. And I was one of the lucky, I don't know about few, but one of, you know, one of the lucky kids whose parents were also into the Simpsons. And I remember mm. my, my dad really enjoyed it. And, uh, so we would watch that together on Sunday nights and, you know, oh, and the critic as well uh, would follow of course. if I, if I recall correctly. And uh, yeah, Sunday nights were like the night and, uh, you know, and, and things like my, my aunt would, would occasionally go whenever she travel and she'd usually travel to Florida and uh, bring me back, you know, just a little, a little something, a little gift here and there. And I remember one of my favorite toys that she brought back was the, um, it's sort of like a little remote control BART on an ATV with a mm. connected connected yes. little directional controller. Yeah, that's made by Mattel, a great figure. There you have it. Yeah. And uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was so cool to see those characters kind of in three dimensions. And like, I, I would always like put my palm on Bart's head and put the indents in my, in my hand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was sort of like just, just always there kind of coming into my life um, via the television, via family members. And, uh, and, and who would have thought that the merchandising would, would just be so ubiquitous. So like, you know, and then I, as I got older, there was always kind of something for me, uh, Simpsons theme. So I remember, you know, getting into the Bongo comic books or, mm. um, the movie came out and it's, it's always been there. And now I guess because I've spent, you know, <laughs> essentially 36 years absorbing Simpsons, uh, materials in all their various forms, uh, now it's just a part of who I am. Yeah. And th and that's sort of, you know, what, what I always say too, about a show like the Simpsons is that they, I'm sure there's people out there that casually like it. I'm sure there's some of you that, well, probably not that listen to this podcast, but there's probably people out there that are like, Oh, I think it's funny, but I'm more of a, you know, King of the Hill person. Or, you know, I hear people often say that they like Futurama more, which is, you know, I'm, I'm not offended by that. I disagree, but it's also great. Um, but I think like, a show like The Simpsons, if you really like it, and if you've been watching it since you were a kid like you were, it's kind of hard to let it go. Even if you don't like all of it, it's kind of hard to step away from it. It's kind of hard to lose it. And I love hearing that perspective you know, about your, your parents liking it, because that is something I talk to people about all the time. And some people say, oh, I had to watch it at my aunt's house you know, my, with my cousins. My mom hated it, thought it was terrible, thought it was going to mess me up, made me a bad kid. So whenever I hear that the parents also enjoyed it, that's that's something that I really like to hear. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I, I feel like I guess I know from from reference, but I feel like uh, you know to go back and have that piece removed from my from my childhood, I would really feel like I missed something. I, I really would feel like uh, you know it helped shape my sense of humor. It helped shape my the way I communicate with with essentially anybody. And you know, there's there's a Simpsons reference for any occasion. 
And, uh, you know, sometimes, and it's also, it's also kind of a neat way to gauge, you know, just to get a read on somebody where, you know, you meet somebody new out, out in the world and, you know, you drop cromulent in your, you know, in, in a sentence, <laughs> or you you know, you make a thing. And if, you know, if somebody's like, Hey, then, you know, you're like, okay, we're going to get along. I feel like this right. is going to be, this is going to be good. And yeah, to have that, not, uh, to not have that missing puzzle piece of my, almost of my personality almost <laughs> like, Oh, I, I would not be this person without that. And, and you know, you do run the risk. I mean, if you say, Oh, you say cromulent outside and someone's like, Hey, yo, Simpsons. Someone might also go, sir, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's not a word. <laughs> you might be wearing a family guy hat right now. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Oh man, I would. I don't think I would like that version of myself quite as much. That's not a world <laughs> that I feel I need to <laughs> I need to live in. <laughs> no disrespect to any Family Guy fans out there, but turn off the podcast. Um, <laughs> so, what what do you think? You know, what do you think makes a show? And this comes back to the you know tying it into your interest to to art to everything. What do you think makes a show resonate with people that like so many different things? What do you think it is about the show? That, you know, it has such a broad audience, different backgrounds, different interests, everything. Yeah, I think, like, again, they've covered so much ground in their, was it, 32 years, 32 seasons? And, um, again, there is there is sort of something something for everyone. And I feel like when I was a kid, you know, it's these bright colors and people falling down and all that visual humor. Um, and then, you know, you start to get a little older and then all of a sudden it, the way it starts to kind of, uh, inform your sense of humor. Like I really started to enjoy the, the, the real world references that were pulled in, you know, like, um, it kind of always lined up with what I was into at the time. Like I've started discovering, uh, discovering music. And then all of a sudden we have, um, you know, I think it was, uh, we built this cities in the episode and spinal, <laughs> spinal tap, uh, like the Simpsons got me into spinal tap and it's like. It's that's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life, but it all oh, kind of sure. it all kind of came from came from The Simpsons. So it's kind of like you know, and then you get a little older, and then you start you know maybe go to go to university, and then they start poking fun at those university things, and you're just like, oh my god, this is this is perfect. And they were always really good at kind of picking out, um, you know, always pun- seemingly always punching up, and always sort of making fun of the institutions and making and, and you know as a questioning. Uh, a questioning young adult, I always really enjoyed that aspect. So it's like every time you watch it in a different stage of your life, you you, know, you hear people talking about reading the same book at different stages in their life because you're, you're going to pick out something different every time and it's going to align with what you're feeling, what you're into. And like even I remember they reference, you know, they reference Terminator and uh, with uh, Principal Skinner chasing. Uh, actually, I think there's a couple of really good Terminator references. But they make a few. They do yeah. make a few. Yeah. But there's one, yeah, Principal Skinner chasing Bart uh, across the ravine. And uh, I just remember being like, that's Terminator. Oh, my God. Like, they're watching the same stuff I am. Like, because I remember I was 90, 92, 93, and I was yeah. bananas for Terminator. <laughs> and uh, actually, my wife and I just watched one and two back to back two nights ago. And I'm like, I, I'm prone to hyperbolic statements, but I was like, this is this is the best movie ever made. There, it's, <laughs> I got to say it's up there, Kevin. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's great. I'm doing yeah. a rewatch on those as well. I should. Do oh, and the connections between the two. Oh my God. They nailed oh. it. Like they tidy up everything. I will say, I haven't seen any of the newer ones. Maybe. Yes. I don't know if I should or not. I mean, they're, you don't need to. Enough said. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, I think that that is, you know, at, at this point, whenever I'm not talking about an episode of the show, which is sort of a newer thing I do on here. The the point of it when I'm not doing that or talking to people from the show is essentially just, it's a love letter to the show, which is something I say a lot. But I think, you know, 
it does speak to you in a different way as you get older. And I love your example of a book. Um, I recently, I'm, I, I grew up a big, I won't say I grew up, but when I was a teenager, I got really into Charles Bukowski. And, uh, you know, people have varying opinions on, on Bukowski. Mm-hmm. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Um, and I feel like some of his writing helped me through some weird stages of my life. I felt like he was sort of miserable and I, I, I found a lot of perspective in that. And I recently have sort of been revisiting some of his poetry, some of his other stuff. And, um, I still really like it, but it definitely feels different, uh, based on your circumstances. And I think that that is kind of the same way with the Simpsons. You might think something's funny because Barney passes out. And then you might see that same episode later and go, oh, this is actually a really apt commentary on real world stuff. You know, you're just going to find a different connection. And uh, I mean, come on, everybody. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. It's the greatest show to ever exist. And if you think Family Guy is better, turn off the podcast. (laughs) Stop listening. Yeah, I get a I get a sense that you've picked up a little from Bukowski, like seeing this backdrop of your of your Simpsons collection here. It's uh, I think it was he the one he said like find what you love and let it kill you. Yes, and I I see you. I hope it doesn't kill you. Uh, I don't think I don't think it will. I mean, maybe hopefully it won't collapse on me one day. But yeah, we'll exactly. But just you know, <laughs> b- dribble a basketball. Uh, see how many times you can dribble it and make a game of it. <laughs> we'll find you. Well, yeah, someone will find me. I think I'll be. I think I'll live. <laughs> So yeah, that is that all just comes together in this wonderful thing that is The Simpsons. It, it's why people want to look at collections of it. It's also why people love the merchandise. You talk about the bright colors, the funny shapes. That's exactly why the merchandise is so addicting in the same way that the show is. And it all just kind of comes together in this weird creative space that makes accounts about toys, accounts about art, uh, cookbooks, making horrible sounding food from the show. Uh, it's just all, I mean, the Simpsons rules, everybody. Do I even have to do this podcast anymore? I'm going to keep doing it, but like the Simpsons is the best. That's why, that's what I'm here to say. You just need one of those like emergency response repeating messages where they just (laughs) tune into the podcast and it's just warm being Simpsons is the best. This is not a test. This is not a test. (laughs) This podcast has allowed me to talk to the voice of Lisa, the voice of Bart, Al Jean, David Silverman. I mean, I've been able to talk to so many of these people and I still, I, 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 you, you wouldn't think I could love it any more than I, than I do, but I love it more every single day. Um, Kevin, tell me, well, I'll, I'll move on or I'll just keep talking about how much I love the Simpsons. <laughs> um, tell me about your relationship to the show over the years. Are you someone yeah. that still will, you know, watch a later season or do you have sort of a hard cutoff and you know, what's your relationship in that way? I do have a hard cutoff and I don't think it was, um, yeah, I didn't take a stand or anything like that. I think it's, um, it, and it was really interesting because it was so long ago, um, where, uh, I think the last episode that I remember catching sort of live on those Sunday night viewings was the, um, the Canyon Arrow episode. And, uh, so I think, I forget that, that was maybe 11 or 12. I don't remember. I think Canyon Arrow is season 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm incorrect, but I think it's, t- it's either nine or 10. I will say. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, I just remember sort of, um, I don't know, the demanding life of a seventh grader <laughs> kind of, kind of taking over. So I, uh, catching the new ones, um, became more kind of more difficult, I suppose, when you're doing whatever a 12 year old does. But then, um, you know, there, the way that my relationship developed, uh, and deepened with the existing episodes up to that point was, um, so up in Canada, we had two channels that would back to back um, sort of like double, double shots of Simpsons. So if mm. you wanted to, 
Uh, it was like, so you get home from school, pound some, you know, some Dunkaroos or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and then we had, so CBC, uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Company, who knows? And, Something uh, like that. yeah, yeah. So they would have two episodes, five and five thirty. And then, uh, you know, if you were keen, you could then go back to channel four and I believe they would have two episodes. So if you wanted, you could, you could watch a minimum of four episodes a day. And I wanted Warren. Of so course. I, so, I, so I was just, just, uh, slamming the kind of, uh, vintage episodes of The Simpsons. And, but yeah, those, those new ones kind of, um, you know, just catching them, catching them live was an issue. And of course we didn't have the internet, uh, in the form it is now. Uh, sure. we didn't have, uh, you know, didn't have DVDs, VHS, uh, copies of those or anything. So they kind of just got away from me. And I think the, uh, the comfort, of those original episodes is what kept drawing me to them. And, you know, being able to, uh, being able to kind of start quoting those episodes. And I, I just realized that I, I, I just wanted what I knew, I think. Sure. I just, uh, so it was uh, kind of knowing what was coming in those ones. And then, yeah, finding the new ones, it just didn't happen for me. And uh, there, there was one or two new ones um, that I, newer ones that I saw. There's the one where Homer finds a dead body, which yeah. was, somebody told me about it. And, um, I believe we'll be getting into this later in the, in this episode, but somebody told that to me as a, as a synopsis. And I was just like, no way, absolutely not. So they pulled it up and showed me and I was like, that's wild. Um, and then there was another one. So my, my boss, uh, at the time was, or sort of a couple years ago was a, like a real hardcore Gen X Simpsons fan. And, uh, he told me to watch, oh, what is it? It's Marge versus, and then there's an organization. It's like Popescata or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I'm drawing a blank on the name as well. I rem- or maybe the word just won't conjure up. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And it, so there's like some sort of uh, Springfieldian association of, of, uh, of people. And so I did see that one as well. So, um, but yeah, mostly just like wallowing kind of in the, you know, seasons, uh, seasons one to one to 10. And yeah. just kind of, that's my, you know, that's my, that's my zone. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I talk a lot. I've, I used to have a much, uh, let's say harsher opinion of people that refused to watch beyond a certain point, or if they just said like, Oh, anything after this is garbage. And I hate it. I used to get real mad about that because I mm. would say, and, and you know, and anyone that's followed Bard of Darkness for a long time probably remembers the days where I get a little bit spicier in the comments <laughs> and say, Oh, well, you know, you know, whatever the hell I would say, but this is, to me, it's all what you see because beyond a certain point, they had to try a lot of new things. There was a lot of competition in that space. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and they had already done so much. They had to get a little wacky. They had to make an episode about Homer and his friends finding a dead body. They had to, you know, they had to do all these weird things to come up with ideas. And I also, I think when you really think about anything that could exist for as long as the show has, um, thinking that they can all be as good, like for a show to make 10 or 11 perfect seasons is like unheard of. And I would argue there are like very, 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 very few missteps in that original, you know, 10 seasons. Yeah. Uh, There are a couple, but not, not very many. No show really outside of maybe like Curb Your Enthusiasm or Seinfeld or something can really say that. And, um, so, you know, I think they, they had to, they had to adapt at a point they had to like, oh, okay, family guy's popular. We have to get a little weirder. We got to try some stuff that's not really like us. And there are episodes that I watch, like, for example, people, 
they often think that I like every episode. And I'll tell you one right now, the one where Burns basically makes Homer his like prank monkey and he's like giving him money to do weird pranks. I cannot stand that episode. It bugs the hell out of me. So there are plenty of episodes that I don't care to watch probably ever again, but there are also so many good ones that people, you know, gloss over or skip over because if they put on a season 17 episode, they might see one of the worst ones from that season instead of one of the best ones. And so I do think people miss out on a lot, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having that comfort zone because I mean, I have the same one as most people. If I'm going to just watch one season, you know, it's going to be between three and eight most of the time. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like at the end of, you know, by the end of season, season 10, like that's, and and however many episodes a season, usually like, I don't know, 24 or 21. And like the flag is in the mountain at that point. Like they've, they've (laughs) climbed the Matterhorn flag is in (laughs) what's left to do, but experiment with your formats or, and the, the other interesting thing is that, you know, that they don't have the, the benefit unless it's sort of like a, a flash forward episode, they don't really have the benefit of aging. So you can't really, you know, like Lisa's still dealing with the problems of an eight. Well, I mean, she's very advanced, but essentially sure. dealing with the problems of an eight year old. Everybody's still <laughs> in their, you know, in their, uh, their kind of age, their, their temporal areas. And, you know, you think of something like, uh, you know, shows where characters age out or, uh, you know, um, people deal with different things as they get older. And this is like, okay, well, we still have this is the same snapshot in time. How are we going to keep it? How are we going to keep it interesting? Yeah. And how, and how do you, I mean, they, they found a way I will say like, I, you know, I've, I've said, you know, I shouldn't even talk about this anymore because people are going to be like, Warren, you promised us a list like a year ago, you were going to make this like master list of great newer episodes. And I don't know why I can't seem to remember to do that. Everybody. I'm very sorry. I also know that I repeat this a lot about why I think the cutoff is not truly a fact, but I'm going to keep saying it. Everybody. Welcome, welcome to the welcome to the Warren Show. This is what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to remind all Warren of you: you, you gotta you gotta watch uh, some of these other episodes. But I understand and I and I relate. So I will get on the list. Okay, maybe if you guys bug me more, I appreciate the ones that do. Keep reminding me to do the list. It'll show up eventually. Yeah. See, look now, Kevin's <laughs> on the list. He's gonna he's gonna work with me on it. I had that so, I, that idea to to pressure you to yeah, pressure and I, you. and I appreciate that and want that. I'll I'll, I'll get the list to Kevin. And then Kevin can approve the list and then it goes to all of you. That's what I need to do. Just based on title alone. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, this is a perfect segue. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to move on from the conversation. We're going to go into a little game that everybody loves. The synopsis game. True or false. You can get mono from riding the monorail. Mm, false. No, wait, maybe it's true. No, you were right. It's false. So for anyone that's listening to this, and this is a new episode, maybe you just heard about it from Kevin posting about the episode. Um, this is a game where I'm going to give him five synopsis and I'm going to, he's going to tell me, he's going to tell me if they are real or fake. So he's going to say, that's a real episode. That's true. Or I don't think that's a real episode. That's false. Uh, you can say real or fake or true or false. I think it's supposed to be true or false, but I've forgotten at this point. Um, and as a warm up. I'm going to give you one that I'm sure you know. So if this was the first one, I would say, Homer tells Mo Sislak about the Flaming Homer, an alcoholic drink cocktail of cough medicine and fire that he invented. Mo steals his recipe and yada, yada, yada. And you would say, 
real true. Correct. And obviously true. everybody knows. Yeah, it's real true, actually. And everybody knows that's flaming most. So that's how the game works. And at the end, we're going to see how you do out of five. Some people do, you know, they, they sweep it. Some people have a hard time and it's okay no matter what happens, Kevin. I feel like I'm going to have my ass handed to me. <laughs> well, you never know. You seem you like a smart know. guy. You might be able to just, you might be able to deduce what's real and what's fake. All Are right. you ready, Kevin? I'm ready. Born ready. Number one. Bender from Futurama drops into Springfield as Bart and Lisa use Professor Frink's astrological projection machine to peer into the future where Bart breaks Lisa's heart by taking away her scholarship to Yale. There's a lot going on in that. Um, I want to say that that's true. It is true, Kevin. Uh, Look at you coming out. Yes, that is season 16, episode 15, Future Drama. And they actually did do, in my opinion, a much better Futurama crossover a few years ago uh, that I actually really like. This one is weird, but if you like Futurama, it's it's still fun. There's just so many layers to that description. It's very strange. So, I mean, look at Kevin. He was worried and he's already one for one. Come on. All right. Number two. A British filmmaker comes to Bart's class to make a documentary on the typical American school. Bart's celebrity status is plunged into jeopardy when Nelson receives attention from the filmmaker for stealing hood ornaments. Moreover, the filmmaker leaves Lisa with feelings of inadequacy, causing her to run out and choose a career in astronomy. That one's tough because the the hood ornaments is, uh, you know, that was like he hasn't learned. He hasn't moved on from hood ornaments, apparently. <laughs> I want to say, I want to say that's false. I, I want to say that's not true. Kevin, it would blow your mind to know that that is real. Whoa. All right. So see what I mean? The characters don't learn. They don't learn. Season 14, episode 16, Excuse Me While I Miss the Sky. Okay. Um, That is just such a wacky. That is a, a perfect example of this game because that is a real toss up. That yeah. could be something, a plot taken from a movie it could be anything. So, but that is that is real. So, one you're one for two. It's okay, Kevin. Okay. We're moving along. Number three, Millhouse persuades Luann to pursue her childhood dream of becoming a news anchor by auditioning for Channel Six. Meanwhile, Mo shows Homer and Barney his secret room where he manufactures jerky made from horses. <laughs> um, I feel like I was I was feeling true. For the majority of that, but I feel like horses, I feel like that might be uh, maybe a little on the dark side for like North American audiences. So I want to say that that is false. Kevin, you are correct. That is false. Sweet. Nice. Look at you coming back after the, after the one you, you fell off for one second and now just you're a back. blip. Yeah. Just a blip. You're good. Um, I do believe that I based that off a real premise, but it got real weird and I can't remember what episode I stole it from. (laughs) Um, I believe it was something where Lisa convinced Marge to become a ballerina. I'm forgetting what episode that is, but it's it's some, I I took, I took some bits and pieces from all over. So there you go. Marge loves the stage. She does love the stage. All right. Number four. When Homer's court case determines that a dog's life is more valuable than a human's life, the canines recognize their position of power and begin to assert their dominance. Hmm. I feel like they, they really focus on 
at least the episodes I've seen on the vacancy behind those behind the eyes of dogs in in Springfield. So I want to say that that one is also false. It is real, Kevin. Oh, Can you God. believe that that's real? <laughs> that of is I set season... myself up for a tiebreaker now. I, well, so I picked this one because. Even though I've seen it, it sounds extremely fake. It sounds like a Rick and Morty episode. Exactly it sounds that. very similar to a Rick and Morty episode, actually. Uh, but this is season 28, episode 22, called Dogtown. Okay. Does that, uh, do you know the timeline of that? Does that one predate the, the Rick and Morty episode? With I believe that, that it does. Nice. I believe nice. that it does. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty wacky. Um, Rick and Morty also did do a couch gag for The Simpsons that is, is very good. I will say here, I, I enjoy Rick and Morty. I got no beef with it. Um, some of the fans are insufferable. That's, I think there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of fandoms that uh, can take, you know, things can go a little far and, uh, you know, I think, yeah, just, just keep it, keep it light guys. Yeah. That's a, that's a mean thing. I just said, I hold nothing against any of you. Um, I've just met some, (laughs) I'm not referring to any of you that are listening. I've met some that are a little hard to deal with. They think it's like the most brilliant show ever created, which I mean, if you think that that's fine. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I've met some. Some insufferable fans of all things, but us Simpsons fans, boy, we're, we're killing it. Just a good group. Good eggs all around. Yeah, good eggs all around. All right. So Kevin is two and two. So this last one will determine if he's going to, you know, average a win or average a loss. But at least you didn't miss them all. That's so, true. I mean, even even if you know, you know, it's fine. And the real treasure are the friends we made along the way, Warren. That's so true, Kevin. So, <laughs> so true. Number five. Facing a long period off work after injuring his knee, playing flag football in the town league, Homer decides to set up his own sports program. The business is a big success until the family, feeling neglected, decides to sabotage it. I feel like that actually sounds like a pretty decent episode as well. So whether or not, if it's not real, I think you should maybe do up a, do up a, a spec script, but I want to say that it is real. Unfortunately, oh. Kevin, it is fake. My God. <laughs> well, I got to cancel my account. I got to just get yeah, off the internet. Like, Fine Art Simpsons is dead after today. <laughs> no, so this was also based off a real episode, sort of, uh, where Homer uh, hurt his knee playing basketball at Kobe Bryant's YMCA. Um, but it had nothing to do with him starting his own sports program. He started like his own business. Um, it, okay. it was it was like a, a little a little funky, but it does. So it does sound like a feasible episode. Yeah. How, how funny is it that we are living in a reality where Dogtown is a real episode, but what I just read is not. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Is that, um, with the, the, the Kobe Bryant's YMCA, is that with like his scab growing over Ralph's hand? I think so. That I haven't was, watched it in so long. I might be confusing it too, but I do think you're right. <laughs> that there's like little, a, a few little elements of, uh, I guess to me, what I would describe as body horror throughout The Simpsons, where I'm just like, oh my God, that's the most disgusting thing I can imagine. Totally. They do it a, they do it a little bit. It's funny that I don't really like that stuff as an adult. As a kid, I loved Ren and Stimpy. Oh. And now even some of that is like, I'm like, man, that's kind of gross. I don't really want to look at him with no teeth in his mouth and just little yeah, nerves. His rotten, stinking tooth holes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But that's okay. You know, Kevin, he did two out of five. It's a hard game. Uh, I'm a nice guy, so I'm trying to make him feel better. It's okay. <laughs> I want to say the last guest also did two out of five, if I'm not mistaken. So All it's right. okay. You're not, you're not alone. You're not alone. I'm in good company. Yeah. So let's move on to something that you can't get wrong. And, and that's because it's your own personal opinions. And this is something that I've been doing since like episode four. It's been around forever. And that is the big three. And what the first question is, Kevin, 
Who is your favorite character on The Simpsons and why? Nice. Yeah, I feel like this is well documented on my in my stories and on my, you know, anytime I comment, but uh, Martin Prince is my ultimate favorite mm. character. And I think it's because, you know, growing up, I, I was never really, you know, I never saw much of myself in, in Bart. I was never, you know, I'm super duper rule follower and, uh, t- you know, kiss ass teacher's pet grade grubber. And uh, I think so I see a lot of myself in Martin, you know, and, and I think that uh, influenced my uh, kind of how I approached life where it was like, you know, if I want to, I want to be into heroic poetry, then I can be into heroic poetry or I want to, uh, you know, uh, dress up and really get nuts with my like school presentations and stuff like that. Like I'm going to do it because, you know, not only is it fun, but it's going to be memorable. And I think like, uh, you know, Martin just being kind of, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a lot of feminine energy from Martin. I feel like I have, I have that as well, rather than like the, you know, the mischievous Bart, Bart type <laughs> thing. So yeah, Martin, just, just his unabashed love for, you know, for everything he's into. He's, you know, he's, and his sort of, oh, I love it. What's the line where he's, he kind of disparages Ray Bradbury where, cause he refers to the ABCs of sci-fi. <laughs> And uh, just the fact that he's, you know, he's into sci-fi like I am and he, he plays the lute and uh, like I only play guitar, but um, still just sort of that uh, he's just in it and whatever his hobbies are, he, he's in it and loves it and he's not embarrassed. And I'm just like, yeah, Martin is my is my spirit uh, Springfieldian. I love that. And I also, you know, the thing I think of anytime I talk about Martin is Lemon of Troy, you know, his relationship with Nelson, you know, yeah. spring forth, burly protector. Um, I, Martin is just... You know, in, in every situation, although sometimes he gets the short end of the stick, he, he always is himself. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and aside from, you know, an early episode where he sort of becomes a bad boy after hanging out with Bart, in general, he is always just who he is. And I think that's a that's a great pick. I don't know if anyone's picked Martin as their favorite, so I really enjoy that, Kevin. Nice. Yeah, that's and I think even my my uh, my love of Martin is very Martin like. <laughs> like <it's laughs> yeah, not... I, would, I think that makes sense. I dig yeah. that. It's always, yeah, and even like, you know, proclaiming the, the, the queen of summertime, you know, that's just <laughs> like, um, the, <laughs> I feel like I've had a thousand missteps like that where I'm like, oh, king, oh God. <laughs> but so I feel like, uh, yeah, just he's, he's everything to me. And the yeah. wondrous wizard of Latin is my, my, you know, uh, to take it one step further, that I think is one of my favorite Martin iterations as well. Like, oh, it's like he's there for like 30 seconds, but oh my God, what a character. So good. And for everybody listening, Kevin is wearing the best Martin Prince (laughs) Queen of Summertime shirt I've ever seen. It's so good. It's tie-dye. It's just beautiful. So good. Um, (laughs) This is a a bootleg I I made myself by a a local printing company. Love it. It's so (laughs) good. That's a great one. Uh, On the other end of that, on the other side of that coin, what about your least favorite? Who's someone you don't really like? Yeah, I get this one was really hard because I was thinking back and I'm like, you know, I have I have some some potentially unpopular opinions, but I still I still like the characters, you know, like where I mentioned I didn't see too very much of myself in Bart. Um, I, I started to think like, do I not like Bart? But that's not true. And I, <laughs> I do really I really like when his, um, you know, I, I don't like Bart for the, the bad boy status if it goes unchecked. But I do love when Bart thinks he's going to be, you know, the coolest or, you know, whatever. And then, he, you know, like the kids in uh, um, Little Pragmatic Squirm Setport. And, uh, you know, they're just like, who does he think he is? Like Dennis the Menace? And I'm like, yes, (laughs) amazing. So um, so I originally was going to say Bart and have the Internet come for me. But 
I finally figured it out. And because it's, it gives me such an uneasy feeling, but um, the babysitter bandit, Lucille mm. Batsukowski, not for me. There's, there's so <laughs> many, so many aspects to that character that maybe would be fine kind of on their own. But when you put it together, like just, there's so many angles of, of like super aggressive po- forced perspective. Like she's holding the rope and she's going to get oh, them. Yeah. I just remember being like, Oh, I don't like that. And, um, you know, the, the way she's drawn, she's kind of like, like elastic and stringy and, uh, you know, there's, there's the character design and then there's like the voice is so sinister to me. And it's got this kind of like, I don't know, like this evil Jane Lynch quality. <laughs> just... That's, that's perfectly said. And I don't disagree with you. That is the most season one ass looking character ever like it is i mean and they you know so world of springfield the the world of springfield toys by playmates they made her uh and it that is one weird ass toy like she's so hunched over she doesn't stand very well uh but it's a great it's a great looking figure but what what a weird character that doesn't really fit in that universe anymore at all yeah i like i think she makes like a couple more a couple more like super minor appearances. Like I think she's pacing in the background of the, of like the asylum and then she's on a wanted poster and stuff like that in one episode. And I like, I love that she keeps, I love in theory that she keeps coming back, but I am constantly off put by her, (laughs) by her general, general presence. Yeah. Everybody, the next time you watch like a new episode, just think about the fact that that person still exists in the universe. That's very strange. Hopefully uh, incarcerated. Yeah. Hopefully gotta be surely at this point. Um, so this third one, and this is one I always sort of preface with a few different examples, but, um, it can be three episodes that you truly love. It can also be, and this is a version I think is also fun where three episodes that you might show someone who had never seen the show, like, Mm. like perfect introduction episodes. So either one of those I will gladly take. Nice. I think, um, I think they would be both. Um, my, my picks for that would kind of fit both categories. Um, so, uh, yeah, a few years ago three, well, including myself, two friends and I, um, were kind of tasked with introducing somebody to The Simpsons. So we made this kind of master list of our top tens, and then all the ones that matched, uh, or all the ones that appeared on all lists made it to the list. Um, and then there, we each got to pick, I think there were seven similars, similarities, and then we each got to pick one to add to the list. Mm. And uh, those served as an introduction. And so my my top three um in reverse order would be um i like it i like it (laughs) i uh i love boy scouts in the hood i feel like there's so many great um you know so many great sequences in that and so many great jokes and you know it starts with a bit of a misdirect with the all syrup squishy and you're like where is this going and then you wake up and all of a sudden it turns into you know bart's during the junior campers and has to deal with uh, you know, his feelings for Homer and uh, of being a bit of a, a goof and a dunce, um, and being proven right, uh, in, in this father son camp or, uh, rafting trip. Yeah. And, but oh my God, it's got like, there's again, you know, picking up things as you watch it more and more and more. Like, there's one line in it that I just, like, within the last couple of years, it, it dawned on me where I was like, that is the, that is one of the best lines in Simpsons history where, Homer asks for Homer asks for water again 
because his socks feel dirty. <laughs> and so not only has he already done this, but it's the most asinine reason to be using this like very limited source of water. And then, you know, that's a setup for him then trying to drink salt water. And oh my God, just, and then, you know, they find the abandoned oil rig and it, what an episode, like, come so on. that one, that one definitely. Water, water oh. everywhere. So let's all have a drink. I mean, come exactly. on. That's, that's what, that's what it means. I love that episode, uh, for a lot of reasons, but on a, on a slightly personal note also, I always thought it was great that there was a kid named Warren in it. Mm-hmm. There's only two people to my knowledge in the world of the Simpsons named Warren. And it is that kid. And also the guy who hogs the eyepiece in Bart's Comet is also named Warren. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> so I always love seeing that little kid, you know, uh, anyone that's ever stumbled across my personal Instagram, which I don't really use that much, that little kid's face is my my picture. Aww. So, <laughs> little Warren, I, I love little Warren. Is there? I'm I'm probably wrong because you are truly the expert. Um, was there? Oh no, his name was Gordy. Sorry, I was thinking of the kids in sort of like the remedial classroom with Bart. Yeah, and Gordy. I remember I remember a teacher yelling Warren, but now I'm just. Oh no, I think you're correct. Yeah, there is a Warren in there as well. There's three. Oh, Look at you've... Kevin. Yeah, he's the kid. Yeah, there is a kid named Warren in that class as well. Yeah. There I wonder is. if that's the there same Warren. Has anyone ever dis- has anyone ever oh. looked into that? This is a new podcast spinning off. Like Warren. I'm, I'm telling you right now, what if that's I mean, he doesn't look the same, but maybe that's maybe, maybe it's the same Warren. Uh yeah, they, she does. She says, Warren. She yells out a Warren in that class the as kid well. Wants so, to hit him? Yeah. Somebody tries to hit him, yeah. Yeah, so well, she, I mean, she they 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 at least knew that name. It wasn't a very common name when I was a kid, but it, it makes okay. its way in. I remember it from uh, actually my wife and I have been uh, kind of yelling this at each other <laughs> since you and I had had confirmed we'd be chatting um, from uh, Empire Records, where they oh, keep calling yeah. the, the kid Warren. He's like, my name's not Effin Warren, and we've just been <laughs> saying that this whole time. <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah. Uh, what about your number two, Kevin? What you got? My number two, very another very Warren based uh, episode, but Bart of Darkness. Yeah. Is, oh my gosh. Um, again, like uh, a really entertaining setup that ultimately leads to something else. And uh, yeah, such a great episode. Again, so many little, so many little bits, you know, that, that have made it through, uh, stood the test of time. You know, you've got your epidermis is showing and, um, and then the, uh, you know, die or what is it? Press, I don't know, whatever for regicide. Like, <laughs> and there's, there's so many, so many fantastic human farms, parts. head of lettuce. I think about that all the time. Human I, head. Anytime I'm at the grocery store, at the grocery store, my God. And anytime I, you know, anytime I put anything away and if I'm in the right headspace for it, I'm like, time to put you away, put you away, away for, for good. good. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's so good. And I also, you know, I always say like, I didn't pick that episode as my screen name because of anything you know special. I just thought it looked nice. I wanted to have like an episode name that just flowed well or just, you know, sometimes you make a screen name that just looks a certain way. You're like, oh, that looks nice together. Um, so, I mean, I didn't pick it for any special reason, but it is one of my favorite episodes. And I think I said this literally in episode 60, maybe, but it's one of the most, it feels different than a lot mm. of episodes. Like, it, you know what I mean? It's summertime. It, it just has like a different atmosphere to me. It like doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the same case with um, like, you know, uh, growing up in kind of Southwestern Ontario and always trying to find, find the pool, you know, who's got, who's got the pool. And, you know, I, I just remember like, I look back on it now and oh my God, what a bunch of little, 
a little jerks, but I was like part of the crew that shows up and it's like, hi, Mrs. Uh, Bart, like, is your pool ready yet? Like, <laughs> that was us. I was in that crowd. And I remember just like, you know, oh, that, this kid has a pool. Let's just go ring his doorbell and see if he wants to do something. But we also all have bathing suits and towels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, what a terrible group of children. But yeah, it's got that same with the um, summer of uh, what is it? Four foot summer of four foot two, I think. Yes. It's got that kind of real um that real labor day like and that was something that was really big in my in my childhood was going up to you know my 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 grandmother has a cottage and they had this uh uh, silly-ish kind of like a local festival every year called tomato fest and i don't Mm. know there's just like a little parade but and and a fair you know you go on the rides and stuff and so you know they're on the when bart and lisa or they're trying to spit on each other in the kind of revolving ride. And like that, I would go on that ride at the end of every summer. And it was like, <laughs> this like kind of really, really captures my, you know, the vibe that end of summer getting ready to go um, back to school vibe. Oh, wait, was that the end of summer? Or was it the beginning of summer? I think it was the them? beginning of summer because yeah, yeah. Cause she gets her, she gets her um, the yearbook and yeah, she gets her yearbook. Yeah. And I, I think Bart of Darkness also uh, speaks to me in a different way. Uh, now, because I live in Florida, I'm not from mm-hmm. Florida, but living in Florida, um, I relate so heavily to how hot it is in the house. This time of year in Florida, everybody, don't recommend it. It's got to refresh yourself with some boiling hot Texas style ginger ale. <laughs> which, I, which I will do from time to time. <laughs> do you? Um, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I've, I've actually told- grown, I've actually grown to sort of not like ginger. I think my taste buds mm-hmm. are, ch- I, I sort of hate ginger now. Interesting. Is that weird? I'm coming around. So maybe like there's this, there's like a ginger equilibrium. And if somebody drops off, another person has to hop on because I'm getting into it. Yeah. I can dig it in a drink sometimes, but, uh, like I don't mind a ginger ale, but sometimes ginger like in like a, a noodle dish or something, I'm not, mm. not really into it. Yeah. Um, but what, what about your number one? I could talk about ginger for a while, but nobody wants to yeah. hear that. This one's going to, I think this might surprise some people because it's, uh, it's a Lisa episode. Oh yeah. Uh, but My Lisa's, girl, come on. Lisa's rival is, mm. Without a doubt, my absolute favorite episode, there's, again, like, you know, you've got so many fantastic jokes, you've, you know, um, the the diorama, diorama-rama, and then you've got, like, the Star Wars figures, and I bent my Wookiee, McCasper smells like cat food, um, Jeremy's iron, like, there's just so <laughs> much, it's so deep, just, uh, you know, you got the, the telltale heart and the Poe references, and I, you know, I was a, uh, a, a sad, weird little kid, and I grew up loving Edgar Allan Poe, and so, like, to have that in there, it's, it's incredible, and, um, you know, and then you've got, so not only is that just very strong on its own, but you've got the Sugar Pile subplot, which, like, unbeatable, oh my unbeatable. god, every word that, that is uttered, like, from the beekeep, the beekeepers themselves to Homer defending the pile, the French guy, like, or no, the, the British guy who sips his, sips his tea and would do it, you know, he nicked it, he would do it again in a minute, like, it's so just richly written, and I, I loved every time it's on. And Whenever he says, Simpson, you diabolical, yeah. like, that just, I mean, every, I agree with you, perfect episode, uh, perfect B-plot, perfect from top to bottom, one of the best. Yeah, and you got, I mean, you got, what is that, the, is there a Scarface reference in there, too, with the, in America, like, that, <laughs> that line is so, uh, everything about it, like, and, uh, yeah, and, but actually, to this, to this day, there is a joke in it, so it's kind of funny, it's my, like, favorite perfect episode, and I watch it probably the most, which means I also think about this joke a lot, because to this day, I don't understand it, um, so, 
Farmer Ho- Farmer Homer Sweet Sweet Sugar. He's putting it in everybody's food around the kitchen table, and it's full of like road debris, bottle caps and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and one thing I never understood is the there. He's like, "Ooh, a blasting cap," and that <laughs> always confused me because I was like, "Does that mean somebody sabotaged the sugar truck?" Oh, and I, or, or like you know, I'm like, "What is? What is? Why would a why would a blasting cap specifically?" be referenced in that scene and it's bothered me and every now and again you know like uh bill oakley the the and josh josh weinstein like the those the genius writers of of those areas will host kind of you know ask us about your jokes ask us about about uh you know what's something you never understood and i've never really had the i've never caught it in time i always see it after the fact but i want to like i want some clarity on that because it's one one of the few jokes that eludes me to like to this day, there's a couple others. There's there's other ones where it's kind of like I I get it, but I don't understand why it's a joke. But yeah, for me, the the blasting cap is so such a strange. Like it could be anything. Like it could be an, a bolt. It could be I don't know a rock. Like anything. But it's a blasting cap. It's a blasting cap. Yeah, I'm Kevin. I'm going to tell you the truth, man. You are blowing my mind right now. <laughs> um, I've never really considered that or thought about it, and it could it could mean nothing. It could mean something. It could easily be like you know one of those fun rabbit holes to go down online. But I'm I'm going to ask. Nice. I'm going to try my best to find the answer to that before this episode goes live. No promises, but I will try to find oh, that amazing. answer. At the very least, I'll put it in my story or something. Incredible. I want to know if that was thought of. I want to, I got to know. <laughs> we need like a, we need like a Warren presents, like you can be the Dan Aykroyd of the, the unsolved <laughs> Simpsons mysteries world where you're just sleuthing out these answers to, you know, just these, these, uh, these lingering ongoing questions that we have. Kevin, don't, don't tempt me with a good time, man. That sounds, that sounds really, <laughs> really fun. Uh, Kevin, those are great answers, man. All those episodes are wonderful. <laughs> Um, I, I think that is one of the fine, you know, I've said this before. I think I said it recently that it was one of the best lists I've ever heard, but you're coming for that list. I mean, that's a great list. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Um, one, one thing that really speaks to me when I hear people's favorite episodes and and understanding sort of why they are their favorite episodes is, and it's something that maybe I don't ponder on enough, but like us pointing out like, Oh, this episode feels kind of different. Boy Scouts in the Hood, also, you know, a totally different atmosphere than any of the other episodes. Uh, same could be said for Bard of Darkness. Not necessarily Lisa's rival, but also sort of. You're seeing, like, functions within the school we've never seen. We're seeing, like, another person's house. Uh, we're seeing Lisa have this, like, relationship that we don't normally get the sort of spotlight on um, for her. So I would argue there is almost a through line in the type of, like, different episodes that those are. And that's something Ooh. always interesting to hear from people. That's yeah, it's actually funny that you, you mentioned that, but but it's also it's got some of like some of Lisa's brightest and also some of Lisa's not so brightest moments. Like uh I feel like uh maybe that resonated with me, sort of this idea of being put on the spot as as uh, as a student where you're just like, Oh god, I'm gonna make a complete fool of myself. Whereas if you have time to prepare, like you can do you know, you can do anything. Right. And I think that always resonated with me, like, yeah, Lisa is she's that really kind of, you know, incredibly intelligent, book smart, but you know, maybe with, uh, you know, the on the fly or the more life thing, she's got some, she's got some stuff to learn. And, yeah. uh, so it really, really humanizes her a lot. Yeah. Yeah. She's not sort of like that. Uh, uh, cause, cause usually, uh, you know, all the episodes leading up to it, you're kind of like, yeah, Lisa is like this wonderkind and she's, she's extremely intelligent beyond her years. But then like 
what if somebody comes along who might be, you know, she's a year younger and maybe a, you know, a little bit more accomplished. And you're like, how do you, how do you deal with that? And I think that was also probably a good lesson for a lot of, a lot of the kids around that age out there. Totally. And, uh, so there's a lot of like really good Lisa learning moments in there. And then there's also some, you know, in Bart of Darkness, there's a really good Lisa kind of, um, Oh, specifically shutting off her brain moment, which is one of my favorite jokes where she's just that little kind of like, you know, Hugh Grant style kid is trying to invite her to, to his summer home. <laughs> and then she's just like, I don't need you anymore, brain. I've got friends. And then it, I've got friends now. Yeah. And then her tone completely changes and she's like, <laughs> sure, I'll go to your house. Like, I always thought that was so like, cause it's so out of character. But yeah, what else would happen when you <laughs> turn your brain off? Yeah, you get a little popular, and also just you know a, a, that's that's one of the funniest reads from Yardley for sure. That little that little hoo, hoo, hoo. Yeah. so so good, so good. Um, Kevin, I had a blast talking to you, man. I, I really you know anyone that's not following the Instagram has to follow it now. But in addition to that, do you have anything going on that you want to shout out? Even if it's not Simpsons related, plugs anything you got? Hit me with it before we get out of here. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, uh, so I am doing some, some really fun pins, uh, with, uh, with a good friend of mine. Uh, you may know him as Laszlo and Company. 100%. And, uh, so we, we are putting together some really neat stuff to be released over the next couple of weeks. So I'd, I'd say definitely keep your eyes on, uh, on that account. We've got some, some deep cuts coming and some, uh, some interactive pins, uh, kind of along the, along the lines of our, uh, bum wiggling, stupid sexy Flanders pin but uh so we've got you know some fun moving parts and some unexpected like little surprises so uh yeah keep your eyes keep your eyes peeled on that account as we're doing some fun stuff and uh yeah other than that you know just living just living in this world this weird world and uh you know I'm trying to find uh trying to find somebody to help me to help me get a little book together obviously copyright is <laughs> a real issue For sure. um, but uh so i've been chatting with uh with a couple people about that because uh, i'd love to do you know a little coffee coffee table book or something like that i've been i've designed a couple already and they get you know they get close to the publication stage and then you know it, it inevitably will be like oh wait these are these are copyrighted characters i'm like come on publisher you knew that going into this <laughs> <laughs> you made me think you were tough um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, so, tattoo artists get away with it all the time, guys. Let my man paint. Let him draw on some paintings. Come on. <laughs> I appreciate that. I hope that carries some weight. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, so yeah, just being able to you know do do a couple more things with with uh, this kind of uh, I don't know what you call it. This I, I I hesitate to call it a body of work, but this like <laughs> this this group of uh, silly internet images that I've created. I would love to find a way to compile and and you know just elevate to that status of of uh all the real art books out there in the world so uh i i totally think that that needs to happen um you know you guys are gonna you you gotta know by now i'll put it in the description but fine underscore art underscore simpsons uh this is you know again it's a it's one of the best simpsons accounts in the game please follow it um and and you will not regret it there's no chance that you will regret it (laughs) um anything else kevin or are we good Oh, we're good. We're better than good, Warren. Thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic to chat and get a view of your collection behind you. And I'm, I'll definitely keep my uh, keep my eyes peeled for your for your auction. Uh, yes. That's going to be cool. Do they, do they have like a? They need like a computer computer voiced like auctioneer on there. Like <laughs> I, I think that might be the only. I mean, that might be the only thing missing from the auction experience. But we're going to have you, so I think that's yeah. uh, that's going to be good. You're going to fill those fill the, the 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 gaps for us. But really excited for that. 
It's going to be great. Everybody join Kevin. He's going to be at the auction, the whatnot auction. Yep. Go look at the description. You'll see the the link and you'll get you'll get some money. You'll get 10 bucks. Get $10 All you got to do is download the app. Bucks. I mean, come on. I'm giving you $10. Come on. Uh, as for the rest of you in terms of normal stuff, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at simpsonsisgreat at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, please consider leaving me a review on Apple or Spotify or honestly anywhere that accepts reviews. Wherever you listen to it, leave a review. It's fine. You can follow the official Instagram account at Simpsons is greater than or on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram or Twitter, and I'm sure that you'll find it. And I'll see everybody real soon.